Hello and welcome to Court Games, a Legend of the Five Rings podcast, paid for by the Legend of the Five Rings community Discord Patreon. This podcast will focus on the role-playing game stories and lore for Legend of the Five Rings. I'm Kova. And I am Kikita Kaori. And we have um, mostly Gen Con news today, because not much has happened here, but Gen Con is, I believe, the world's largest game convention for role-playing games and board games and that sort of thing. And uh, I was able to go because it's in Indianapolis, which is where I live. How handy. <laughs> was there much Legend of the Five Rings stuff at this year's Gen Con? Because I was not able to go because Gen Con is not near me. <laughs> <laughs> Poor you. Indiana, uh, Indianapolis gets pretty crazy, but we're a very polite crowd. Gamers are a very polite crowd. Normally they have to deal with NASCAR players around here. So uh, mm. Gen Con, they find... Uh, a large convention full of nerds as being a very welcome relief. They, they may look strange, but they can turn right. Yes. <laughs> now, in the in regards to news, although Fantasy Flight had a gathering and a news conference that it presented its upcoming news, although it presented a uh, role-playing game in its uh, Genesis system, for its uh, card game that they have, the new card game that it has, uh, it was not a Legend of the Five Rings related. Unfortunately, there was no role playing game news for Legend of the Five Rings at uh, mm. at Gen Con from Fantasy Flight. There was hardly any um, LCG news, so that was a little bit of a a disappointment. However, however, they did however. run an official. Uh, fifth edition role-playing game and I was able to get a ticket. Nice. So uh, the role-playing game was called The Highwayman and it was very interesting. Everybody in the party, the pre-made characters, were all um, ronin scum or salt of the earth or, interestingly enough, gaijin. Mm. Um, I played a, a Burning Sands Ujik, who was on the run from uh, various haunting forces that basically had chased him out of the Burning Sands. So he was sauntering around in the Empire and didn't seem to be overly bothered by it. Yeah, I mean, the Ujik are basically what the Moto were before the Moto joined the Unicorn, more or less, aren't mm-hmm. they? Yes, so, uh, so there was so also... Like, even the Moto were going... God, you guys are weird foreigners. Right. <laughs> he had his scimitar, and he had his hawk, and he was a really good hunter, and uh, you know was able to drink sake and hang out with the hymen without too much of a problem. There's also what is this stuff? It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't taste like f- fermented milk at all. It's <laughs> made from rice. Is that is that a kind of fermented milk? <laughs> no, no. It, no, it's just just, just drink it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was buying a round of drinks on everybody, definitely involved in our in our game. Um, there was also an Ivory Kingdom's essentially monk, Mystic, uh, using Kiho, and uh, she was she was full on Ivory Kingdoms looking, at least from her picture. So uh, yeah, so so you got you got Gaijin from like way up north and way down south. So that's that's cool. Right, and she was 
I think on the run from something else supernatural. Rogan, the place you run to. Apparently. <laughs> well, they have this nice wall and these witch hunters and mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. But in any event, uh, I thought it was an interesting change in certain variations of Rokugan. You would never, ever see a gaijin of any sort in Rokugan. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. There was a sort of mentality that all gaijin would be killed on site. And that is not mm. the case here. I mean, we didn't run into any samurai that I know of. But there certainly was that, um, you know, feeling that you guys have been living in the Empire a, lo- a while and not desperately yeah. trying to hide from every hymen that you've seen. There was a uh, monk of the similar to Tagashi kind, but not a Tagashi. There was a ex-Lion clan Ronin. That was the most clan-linked character there. Uh, and an artisan who was a skilled potter who was actually a Hinnan and acting jumped up. Right. He was the most nervous. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Because that, that definitely is a you-get-found-out unpleasant things happen to you situation. Right. He was carrying a knife and, um, you know, as I said, skilled potter, able to do quite mm. a lot of stuff and basically acting as a hymen. And Agisha, who was trying to pay off her debts. So things that that was interesting to me about was just that there is debt slavery, which is what there was for Mm. Agisha in the real world. Yep. And uh, that exists in Rokugan. You don't have, um, it's not much to do with samurai life. No. We don't care. However... There have been games I've been in or the topic has come up where that has happened. If you have, for example, a samurai household where one member of the household, let's say the father of the household Mm. uh, or the master of the household has done something very bad and maybe gotten executed, his family can also then either be executed if you have the right kind of there, lord. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, well, I mean, there, there are crimes for which your family does indeed get right. executed. And, or another thing that can happen to them is the samurai can be sold as Gisha. Mm. I mean, it, it is a very common threat, not a thread in a lot of samurai dramas and a lot of like, like the historical dramas in general of the buying of a geisha's debt. Because mm-hmm. someone, I, I want to free you from this life and I will somehow scrounge together the money. And depending on the situation, that can lead to all sorts of drama. And I mean, it's one of those things that's very distasteful to our modern viewpoint. And I don't think any of us want that to happen to us or anyone we care about. Um, but there are there are things you put in sometimes in these game backgrounds precisely because you then, the characters may want to work against it and kind of fix it. But... And it, it may, it's a great drama thing for a character. Like this is this is why you are out adventuring and doing stuff is because you want to get out from under this. Right. You need to make enough koku to you've run away, and if you are caught, you have to be put back into the life. If you yeah, yeah, yeah. manage to get away and make enough koku while you run away, you can pay off your debt, and then you won't be put back into debt slavery. That's certainly the hope, yeah. 
Anyway, uh, the campaign was very, uh, I thought it was pretty standard. Uh, We were not able to finish up. We were able to get to the final fight and we ran out of time. From what I've heard from other groups, uh, most of the groups didn't do so great in the big fight, but some groups were able to do very well. And it was a very classic L5R uh, setup with a little investigation and a little social conflict and then, you know, a fight. Mm. Um, the social conflict we struggled with because I think the module sort of assumed that you would be less proactive than we tried okay. to be. <laughs> to be honest. And sometimes that happens with pre-canned modules where if the players are getting too creative or trying to do too much, the module doesn't anticipate that. And then it's up to the GM to decide to reward that or punish it. Especially for a a convention module where you, you really don't know who's going to be there and they've got time constraints. I was very pleased with how well we had some people who are brand new to role-playing games in general in our group. Mm. Another reason that took our time and and also brand new to uh, l5r um and so I, I was pleased that we were able to do as well as we did and they took to the game system as well as they did uh we did have a character outburst it, it did bad things for us overall <laughs> but uh you know it, it, it's an it, it was an interesting module i do not think especially given everybody's ronin scum um that it has going to have any actual impact on the L5R lore. Yeah, because I remember last year's was the wedding one. Is that right? Yes, wedding at Kote Castle. Mm, and that's so that kind of the most common outcome has actually become part of the official storyline or something yes, like that. Technically, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that that will happen here. Yeah, yeah. So it's unlikely that uh, like a – it's going to be a big story point that a bunch of, you know, outcasts and people living on the edge of society, they did a thing. No, that, <laughs> no one's going to care about that. But that's, that's cool. Right. That, those stories are also good and fun to play. Yep. So. And I think that there were new schools or at least new techniques that hadn't shown up in the books before associated with these Gaijin and other classes. So we might see some of these techniques come into the books um there's yeah. a unicorn book out there mm. that might have gaijin show up that yeah that would be the logical place for that to happen and the geisha uh, could turn up in the scorpion book because geisha as spies is a common theme uh and mm-hmm. and monks could turn up in the dragon book who knows mm-hmm. yeah so there's all sorts of options so that's interesting that right. they're, they're thinking of putting together stuff like that. That's really neat. Yep. And I was also able to play in what is called Heroes of Rokugan. So for our listeners who do not know, it is a persistent world, fourth edition right now, L5R game that has been going on for quite a few years now. Mm. And they have a ton, like 60, 70 plus modules that are adventures that are set in this world and your characters can play in any of them and you can have one character who advances through playing these modules they meet at Gen Con and one other convention in called Weekend in Rokugan which is in Kansas City here in the United States and 
you can play these modules at home and record the results and advance characters that way, or you can play them at the conventions, which is what I do. And then at the conventions, they run two big events. They run a LARP, a live action role playing game that is set in the world and you can have your character be in the LARP. And it is lots of clans and politicking and trying to get votes from other clans to do things. And they do a very good job Mm. with their NPCs and it's usually very dramatic. And then um, they run what's usually called a battle interactive, which is L5R 4th edition mass combat. And this is spectacular. So for this year, it was particularly good. I've done it one other time. But all you're told is bring your characters. You're going to be at Kuten Doji watching the a duel between the Kakita School and the Emerald Champion representing the Kakita School and the Miramoto School representing the Miramoto Champion. And they have their duel and they are about to square off when a mile-long leg emerges from the sea <gasps> and crushes Kuden Doji, oh. followed by another one and another one. The Great Kumo shows up. Yeah, I have to admit, until you mentioned that bit, I kind of I was imagining an enormous human leg, but yep. that's I'm not quite sure if that's worse or better than what what's actually happening. <laughs> so, the Great Kumo shows up with thousands of littler kumos and well, sea trolls and littler yeah yeah <laughs> sea trolls and samurai zombies and you have about 165 players in this battle interactive they wow. are arranged at tables based on rank with one gm per table so you have all the first level characters you know in the first level tables and all the fifth level characters at the fifth level tables and this and then they have arranged both battle scenes and intermediary scenes so this was this was done fantastic we start out i was at the first level table and you know we start out saving peasants from burning buildings and fighting little kumos and sea trolls and uh we get to spot on the distance uh, out in the distance a boat zombie you know crewed by zombies with a daidoji sitting on it playing a biwa sound familiar uh oh is this the <laughs> no actually <laughs> oh okay in crane lore in crane lore the Asahina created a Biwa to control the great sea spider the last time it emerged. And so someone has summoned the sea spider with the Biwa. And so we managed to do that. And then we spend the night, you know, trying to rally troops, get more forces, get supplies, um, rescue people from broken down buildings and so on. Um, and the sea spider, nobody can even hit the sea spider. No. Because it's huge. You need a shoe <laughs> yeah, but it goes five back out miles sea. long. Yeah. <laughs> so it goes back to sea, and then it comes out, and then we're marching towards Oda-san Uchi, and it attacks Oda-san Uchi, but the Phoenix Master of Fire and the wards on Oda-san Uchi managed to drive it off the coast again. Then we all go <laughs> go marching 
with the Imperial Legions to try and stop it at Kudengote or Kudnagasha. Um, and we are trying to persuade them to evacuate the city. Yeah. So that was our troop. So it was a bit, it was social and persuasion instead of battle for that bit. But everyone's trying to persuade the people to leave. Mm. So, and then the final thing is it, it, it crushes Kudengote. And final, the final fight is at um, Kudensheba. And that's when the high level people get to go you know, raid the ship and we're fighting Mahosukai and stuff on the on the shore. But it it's just spectacular how well they do it and they have some of their uh, people running it do little interactive cutscenes like where they show like the duel between the Emerald Champion and the they have people dressed up and doing that. So you can see things. It was it was just awesome to play. So they did a great job. Um, if you are interested in playing L5R, I strongly recommend taking a look at the Heroes of Rokugan website, and if you can get yourself to Gen Con or, um, Weekend in Rokugan, give it a shot. That does it, sound it's awesome. It's good, good fun. Mm. So, I played, uh, one role played module, and that, which is called It Came from the Sea, and the LARP, which is Promise of Aid. So, I had a good time at Gen Con, and I, my character is now a Daizoji who has managed to get up to Honor 8. So, I am mm. now invulnerable. Nice. <laughs> in 4th edition. <laughs> that does sound really spectacular. But, maybe we should talk about things other than Gen Con, because that's, that's it. <laughs> Uh, so our discussion kind of portion is going to be on starting campaign locations, and I think we've got it. We we kind of had a slightly different uh, interpretations of this. Well, I was thinking like, okay, what area do you begin your campaign in and do the first few adventures? Or I think you 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 were thinking more in terms of the very first scene, <laughs> which are two very valid, important things. Well, the campaigns that I have played have been have often run all over Rokugan. So you can, we could talk about that. I mean, you can have a whole campaign that takes place in a little, in a limited area. Well, and, and also you can have deliberately, even if you're going to end up with an all over Rokugan campaign, there's a lot to be mm -hmm. said for having the first little area being fairly self-contained with a, with a bunch of stuff to do. So that, especially if you've got people who are new to role-playing games in general or new to Legend of the Five Rings in particular, they mm -hmm. have a chance. Essentially, it's like a little tutorial area where they can try <laughs> stuff out and, and you can get to know the, the, the characters you know, if you're running a game. Despite you know, if people write down on their backstory, it's not necessarily how that character ends up in play. So mm -hmm. it's always a good idea to get an idea in a limited area before you let them loose around everywhere. <laughs> having having the first few adventures in one place and and also when they're little baby first level characters they aren't going to be you know hobnobbing with the clan champions but they <laughs> you can make them a little pond in which case in which they're the biggish fish and then you know introduce them to larger areas and kind of expand outwards and expand outwards from there so i think as a as a starting location i think a little a little limited area the, i'm literally thinking of a village that's, or a village or a town that's just big enough to have a single ruling samurai family. Mm -hmm. And so you've got the ruler or the, the 
administrator. I don't know what the word is. Um, I use the word sanshu, mm. which is it's not the same as the headman. No, because that, um, that's a, but that's a, a, it's a but uh, a sanshu would be a samurai who has been granted a hereditary. Mm. Uh, it's not they don't own the lands no. they are paid out of the taxes for it but they are this is this is my family's yeah. area that we look after for our lord it's it's the equivalent of a very minor landed nobility and i can yes. never remember with if it's baron or what on the bottom end of that but that's a kind of there <laughs> but it, this is like the smallest landed gentry so you got you'll have one person and he'll have or she indeed i keep fitting I keep using he, which is a very bad habit of mine. Um, I'm old; it happens. But you have your your the you know the, the local lord, and you know their tiny a bunch of advisors, like a monk and an old retired uncle or whatever, and that's the little tiny tiny court. And you've got mm-hmm. some villagers, and the villagers have problems, and you are tasked to go and you know get rid of those bandits, or find out what happened to this abandoned village, or there's a ghost, and you. You go deal with that, and you keep coming back to this one person and dealing with the tiny, tiny court politics. But you're only little, right. little samurai that you start off with, and so that's exactly your kind of level. So this is really like the kind of training wheels, where you you can't break mm-hmm. things too badly. <laughs> I use a, a setting that I carry across quite a lot of my stories called Golden Petal Village, mm. which is near Suma. In Cranelands, it's nice to have it there for Topaz Championship reasons, because that's where they hold the Topaz Championship and uh, the Sanchu of that village. And, and I use that as as a setting for a lot of my fictions. So I know what you're exactly what you're talking yeah. about. It's, it's on the border between clans. You can have some Lion Crane stuff going on, but uh, it's just a small little place. And the advantage of this kind of place is you can generally move them around. If you if, if suddenly absolutely everyone who in your party said we well, want to be scorpion, oh, well, I guess this is now a scorpion place. Right. If that's what you need. Now, if you are starting a new campaign, even if it's broader and you mm. if you want to start it, there are some other ways you can kick off your campaign or have that very very first part. Um, one fun way to start a campaign in a different location uh, is starting in medias res. Or in the middle of the action. So your characters don't even know what they're doing yet, but you just drop the ceiling on them, or you're, you tell the players you are running for your life, or you are in the middle of a fight. The first, the first words of the campaign are, roll for initiative. Like, what? <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's a way to get your players' attention and, and, and start off and have them working with the mechanics. And then they will start doing things that are feeling natural for them. Mm. And it might even be a slight variation from the initial um, view of the character, their initial view of the character, if you start this way, but it will be something that they can keep up with for a long time. You'll see that happen. Um, So we have started that way, and that is fun, and it sure wakes up that first session, especially if you've got people who are Old hands in Rokugan. Yeah. And it, it's a, a neat way of getting around because otherwise you're kind of, okay, now I'm going to just sit here for five minutes explaining where you are and what you've been doing and what you've been tasked to do. Whereas you can say like, okay, roll for initiative. There's an arrow thunks in the tree next to you. And then mm-hmm. they deal with some bandits. And so we, 
well, this, these are the bandits that you're, you know, the local lord has told you to deal with. Oh, okay, right. And you introduce yeah, that stuff you as you go. Yeah, you can flashback. Yeah. I think that sounds really cool. <laughs> it works out pretty fun. Uh, another way we've started campaigns is that you are little bitty samurai, but for whatever reason, you have managed to be a very minor servant attaché to an attaché who's an attaché to a very important person. So you end up being in a very important place, but you are not a very important person. Therefore, you are not allowed in any of the very important meetings. No. What, what, but, what are my duties? Uh, shut up and don't and don't don't say anything and don't look like you're going to do anything stupid. In fact, don't do anything. You are a statue. That's your right. job. <laughs> so, in one of my campaigns, this one I, I ran, I started my players off in the Imperial Palace Gardens, the Knight of the Scorpion Clan coup. Uh, yes. So the Scorpion were about to kill the Emperor, but you were cooling your heels outside as low little. Yeah. Low-level peons. And there's not much you could do about killing the emperor, though I'm sure you would have tried if you'd been anywhere near the emperor ever. But there was a lot going on, and you had to survive, There's a basically. lot to yeah. do in the Scorpion Clan coup, <laughs> which is a terrible rhyme, and I apologize. But yes, this. Yeah, we're going to be hanging out in the Imperial Gardens in Otisan Uchi in the Finn City. Nothing bad could possibly happen. Right. So actually, I had them save... They, they did not get any fights, or very little fights, because they were teeny-weeny people. Um, but I had them save the Sword of the Hante from the Scorpion and escape from the city with it. And ended up having very big ramifications, because they, in this is in the old lore, they handed it to Totori, who seemed like a logical person to hand it to. But then Totori got ideas because he'd been handed the sword and somebody needed to be the emperor well and... i mean i've already got the sword <laughs> i mean come on <laughs> so that it ended up with my party um inadvertently encouraging Tatori to declare himself emperor after he'd killed shoju yes. and end up being ronanized we all know how and that how everything well that went. was their fault everything was our four first level characters fault um so you can start it in a big place, even at low levels. You just have to take into account that they're low levels. <laughs> yeah, just and and, and because because there's like all sorts of things. You, you talk about the Scorpion Clan coup. You got the stuff that's happening in the throne room, and the the wasn't the one of the elemental masters managed to steal um, uh, Satori. Yep, and that kind of thing. So that's all big, huge, high level stuff. And but there's also just bunches of Scorpion Shinobi trying to murder courtiers and that's that's mm -hmm. entirely first level character stuff going on mm -hmm. yeah loads loads of stuff so it all depends on how dramatic it is but don't be afraid of putting your first level characters especially experienced players mm. into a uh, dramatic situation with high level stuff going on because there's always something that the little guys are ending up doing off to the side yeah there are all sorts of other starting places you could go um like literally being called into the magistrate's office for the first time. That's classic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's another one you can kind of start, or <laughs> well, not quite in media res. It's just like, and so the magistrate is telling you to do this thing. And then you kind of flash back to how did your particular character get themselves into this situation? What strings right. were pulled and how, and, and what do they owe for the lovely prestigious appointments that they're about or to get? Just, or just 
that's established as your background knowledge. You, yep. As your background, you're you're all magistrates working, or you're Riki working mm. for this magistrate. Uh, I had a lovely campaign start this weekend. Kudos to my GM. He had everybody start by writing a haiku in memory of the dead who died during the tsunami. It's an all crane game. So in fifth edition, there's this big tsunami. And uh, he's had everybody at an Oban festival reading the haiku for those that that individual character had lost during their campaign and setting their little lanterns on the water. And it was a very beautiful way to start. And it brought in the themes he wanted to pull in, which I don't know where he's going for the campaign, but it, it talked a lot about where the crane were at this point in history for his campaign and the things that he wants to do about it. Plus gives you chances to talk about your character and your links to other characters. So I thought that that was very nice. That's, that's kind of cool. That's neat. Uh, the, 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 um, Topaz champion champion. The, I'll start again. The Topaz championship is a classic. Obviously that's a good reason to get bunches of people from all over the empire into one place, but uh, there's actually quite a lot of stuff to do in Sumer village. Anyway, and you can do similar things for Monoclan games uh, because I would assume that each you know, clan has not necessarily the Topaz championship itself, but the kind of here are the best and brightest of our clan all joining mm-hmm. together and here's how we meet up and things right. like that. So when you are picking your first location, when you are picking your first campaign, you do need to have some basic setup in mind as a GM. I think the biggest is you need to have an idea of how long a campaign you want to run. Yeah. Because a one shot is very different from a three month or a six month or a two year campaign, which is what that, uh, that, uh, L5R campaign starting off in the throne room <laughs> ended up being two or three years, I think. Yeah, 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 and and how also not just what is what is so what is the scope that you're planning for, and mm-hmm. how to get people, how to introduce those themes so people know what they're getting into, not just in because L five R, Rock Again has a lot of potential stories you can mm-hmm. do, like how mystic are you going to go, how intrigue are you going to go, how backstab are you going to go, how combat are you going to go, and mm-hmm. how do you bring that in really in the first session. If at all possible, I mean, you want to bring some of this up in in session zero, but there's nothing. You know, there's talking about it, and there's actually bringing it up and having it happen right away. So, if you want to have a fairly mystic campaign, even if adventure one is go clear out those bandits, you want to have something mm-hmm. mystical happen as part of that. So, you, those themes are already right there right away. If you're going to be exploring conflicts of Bushido which 5th edition is very much set up for, really get those in right mm-hmm. away. Another thing, if, if you don't know and you're just trying this out for the first time and you don't know how it's going to be, pick a pick a short time frame, make it a snappy little adventure, but, but throw in hints for some themes that you want for a bigger campaign. But you want to give your players a victory early. Yes, um, I think so. I think in general, even if it is not a huge overwhelming victory, you want to make sure that they feel... Like within the first couple sessions, they have done something that was a success. Yes, I I would very much agree with that. People need to, because it, you know, rock and can be a difficult place. You know, you, yes. you can if you really want to. You know, you you, you just went up against a big horrible monster and splat. 
or or you know you 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 walk you started talking to a courtier and they just rip you to shreds. Uh, even though that's a right. thing, I think you still want to get your characters and your players feeling that they are capable and they can be confident as long as they know. Right, what you have to be very careful with uh, things like combat early on in a campaign, especially with new players and people new to the setting. It it was a temptation in the 90s to really oppress your players. But I don't think that that's a good idea because I think if you play with really deadly combat early, if you play with really bad social moral dilemmas early, then what it does is it makes your players afraid to act. Yes. Uh, It makes them... and you don't want cowardly samurai. You want them willing to stake it on the line um, and step up and throw themselves into self-sacrificing situations because that's cool samurai drama. But if you do that too early, then they feel like I'm just being incompetent here. I'm not yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not doing it heroically because you know, these are just bandits or whatever this victory doesn't have much meaning mm. and here i am dying yeah you yeah. want to make sure that sacrifices have meaning early and that they feel capable of taking risks and surviving so that when you sacrifice it's an intentional move yeah or or if you even if you do fail you know you fail at a role or fail at a particular thing Something interesting happens, something exciting happens, something fun happens, so that it's worth trying stuff. Even if your character doesn't make the specific thing they're trying to do, you as a player get stuff out of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. Nobody wants to feel incompetent. That's that's yeah. the biggest yeah. thing. But I think we're out of time today. I think so. <laughs> so I wanted to give a call out to our uh, fellow podcast who – for court games on the LCG side, yep. uh, Onimaru and uh, Steelfur do a great job over there discussing cards, which supposedly used to play this card game that I, L5R has something to do with. I've I've heard of this, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing about it. It's so funny when I try and listen to the the any LCG. Uh, it is mm-hmm. just like listening to a foreign language. I have no idea what they're talking about. It's so I follow funny. it enough to to keep track, but they do a good job, and they like to talk about lore too, even if you know their their purview is the card game. And uh, I believe that Onimaru, who is one of the hosts there, is uh, hosting an event in the spring that they're planning on RokuCon, and there's called RokuCon. And there's going to be a Kickstarter for it. And he promises there would be RPG events there. So he would be announcing that soon. So keep your ear out for RokuCon. And uh, you might find some fun things to do there. Anyway, that's it for us this week. Uh, This is Kikita Kaori. May the fortunes favor you. And until we meet again, keep your jade handy.